Welcome to A Language Journey, a podcast series where we explore humans, where they come from, the languages they speak, the stories that shape them, and who they are. Today we are joined by Clark Huang from Shaoxing City in Chocheng Province in China. Uh, so Clark, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from and the languages that you speak? So guys, today I'm going to talk about uh, my hometown and uh, that one was um, like an hour next to Shanghai by train. It is famous for the type of rice wine named Xiaoxing wine, which has the same flavor just like sherry wine. That city has over 2050 years of history. And besides, we also use a same type of language just like people in Shanghai use. We call that Wu Mandarin or Mandarin Chinese. From where I'm from, uh, the city was used to be a very small town. And after that, the economy was doing so well back to 70s. The city now is getting huge, and uh, today there are more than 5 million people are living there. Back to my mm. childhood, it was like everybody knew each other because everyone was almost from the same community. So that city was only about half million. So right now you can see how different it is. Today, as the most advanced region in China and the richest region because Shanghai is there, we are trying to make a huge city group, which means uh, we are going to put Shanghai city as the center of that region. Then the cities next to Shanghai will be developing very quickly as well. Clark, can you tell me what languages do you speak and what is your level of fluency in each language? My mother language is Mandarin. From the old time I was born, um, the Mandarin teaching level in China was not so well. And the educational skills from our professors, our teachers from the elementary schools, terrible. We used our dialects more than we used Mandarin back to the old time. Fact time. The spoken Chinese language is usually classified into seven different groups. All of these varieties of Chinese come from Middle Chinese in the 5th to 12th century AD. These varieties include Mandarin, spoken by more than 1 billion people, Wu, the dialect Clark speaks, and Cantonese, and among others. Many refer to these as dialects. However, most of these are not mutually intelligible, and by many others are referred to as separate spoken languages. Uh, today, uh, because the educational level is much higher than before, so yeah, most of people are trying to use Mandarin to take place of some other dialects, but many locals, just like me, refuse to do that because uh, we are more actually familiar with the dialects. That's our original language, and I guess that that's about who we are. Because in China, a different city, or different province has its own dialect. It's completely di different language that um, some outsiders couldn't even understand if they are from some other provinces. That uh, make us think differently from compared to the people from some other provinces. So we still uh, want to talk more about our local language. So the language I talk about is going to be Wu Chinese. And specifically, based on the city I was born, so I speak Xiaoxing dialect. It, it's a part of the Wu Chinese. Under Wu Chinese, there are more than, I guess, eight big dialects. And I could speak like three or four of them because I grew up in that town. So my parents, they speak that one. So that that, that was like the one with my childhood. And my, my grandma is from Shanghai. So she speaks Shanghainese. That's another big uh, dialect under the Wu Chinese. Then my, my grandma was 
very close to me when I was a child. So I mostly talked to her in her tone. Then when I finished my college in China, I went to Ningbo City, which was another city like next to my hometown. And in that city, they also talk differently in, in a different dialect, still under Wu Chinese. So I, yeah, based on the uh, working situation, I had to like learn something from that new city. So I also learned how to talk in Ningbo dialect. So I could actually talk like three. Okay, so fact time. Wu is a variety of Chinese spoken by about 90 million people in China. Since the founding of the People's Republic of China in 1949, people all throughout China have been encouraged by the government to only speak Mandarin. As a result, Wu has been replaced by Mandarin in the media and in schools. Nowadays, people are discouraged from using Wu in public and administrative affairs. However, many people ignore this as they seek to hold on to their culture, as Clark did mention. I find that very interesting that you speak multiple dialects of, of Wu Chinese, which are all related to Mandarin Chinese. So my question, my next question is, what are the differences and similarities between Mandarin Chinese and the different dialects of Wu Chinese? And what are the different, what are the differences and similarities between the dialects? Okay, so this is a good question. Uh, as today's Mandarin is actually with very short history, it was created almost like 150 years ago. So based on the facts that at that point, uh, the Qing dynasty, they are like the outsiders. They, they, they are not from my nation. They are not from today's most of the Han dynasty's nation. So they conquered the old China and they want to create a new type of language so they could uh, take in charge and the language would, would be the bridge. So they took some of the words from different provinces and mixed it up. They told us that the name should be Mandarin. And you could tell from the name Mandarin. So that's Man Dynasty. So it's it's like they did it, not, not we did it. We, 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 we didn't even want that, but they, they just uh, published it, okay. And it did make uh, communication easier for us. J just imagine if without the Mandarin, today's Chinese people couldn't talk across the uh, province as different province has its own dialect and they're not related. So that's about the relationship between the uh, Mandarin and the local dialects like Wu Chinese. Fact time. Although many Chinese dialects exist, the written language is a common form of communication. China is a huge country, over 300 variations in languages spoken across different provinces. Even though people are not able to verbally communicate in different provinces, they are able to understand each other in writing. There are three forms of written Chinese, simplified, traditional, and informal or slang version. There is also a form called pinyin, which is the Chinese language transcribed using Roman letters and spelling. And the next I want to talk about the relationship of the uh, different dialects from Wu Chinese. Even under the same language, uh, we, we could understand each other kind of easily, but still there are very minor different pronunciations on each dialect. For for example, um, the city I was from kind of keep the very uh, original pronunciation. So uh, the city like Shanghai city, the, the modernist city in China with big population, kind of improved a little bit on their pronunciation as there are so many uh, new immigrants from some other parts in China. So, uh, can I use a sentence? 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's gonna be if I want to ask somebody in my tongue, like, "Have you got your breakfast?" It's gonna be "Na zao wen ye chi guo." Then if I ask the same question in Shanghai in Shanghai dialect, it's gonna be "Nong zao wen chi guo le ba." Can you say those two right next to each other? Okay, so from my tongue, it's "Na zao wen ye chi guo." From Shanghai, "Nong zao wen chi guo le ba." Yeah, you you could see the the up, upside down from the the tongue difference.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, in in a different city like the Ningbo city, I used to work. So、uh, the people there mostly they are islanders because that that's a city with a, a lot of islands. And most of people who are living that in that city are actually grew up from small islands. So on the islands, you you could you could just imagine that it's very hard for people to communicate if they speak very slowly and not not because that 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 region is very windy. If you don't speak loudly, nobody's gonna hear you.、Mm-hmm. So they have to make everybody to hear them. They have to hire their voice, and you could see they they talk like in a very rushed way, in a very tough way. You you think they they they're gonna fight you, but actually they they just want to talk to you. And what region is that again? Ningbo. Ningbo. Okay.、Yeah. Something that I find is different from English. Uh, and something that you describe、uh, the differences between Wu and and something that's very prevalent in Mandarin Chinese is tones. Can you describe how the dialects are different in tones? Because I think that's something that English speakers we don't get a lot of. So can you kind of explain that to us? Sure. So the Mandarin tones kind of new. So mostly today we teach that in elementary school, and、uh, we got told that there are about four tones totally in. Speaking Mandarin, it's like ah 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 ah. So it's it's four tones. However, in dialects, it could be various. It could be a lot. Like from the tone I was grew up, I guess it was more than eight, more than eight tones. And historically, I I didn't I I didn't research this, and I I don't think today's people know how to pronounce that in a very old way back to two thousand years ago. And in Shanghai dialect,、uh, they have six, I guess, because they have more new immigrants. The new people they want to fit in the locals. They they cannot they cannot speak that well. So I guess for making people easily to learn about that、uh, Shanghainese dialect, the locals kind improved,、uh, modified that、uh, dialect. They they made that like today's it's gonna be five five tones or six tones. But from some other、uh, cities, still under the Wu Chinese、uh, speaking zone, I guess it could be some regions,、uh, some some cities could be more than with ten. Fact time: All varieties of Chinese are tonal. This means that each syllable can have a number of different meanings depending on the intonation with which it was pronounced. Just like Clark demonstrated. Here in English, we mainly convey surface level meaning through letters that make words. Yet we do convey semantic meaning through tones and pitch. The famous sentence, "I never said she stole my money." Depending on the word you choose to intonate, the meaning completely changes. Think about it. I never said she stole my money, or I never said she stole my money. Back to Chinese. For reference, Mandarin has four tones, Cantonese has between six and nine, and Taiwanese has seven, each changing the meaning of a given word. Many languages around the world are referred to as tonal languages. These can include languages in Southeast Asia, Africa, indigenous languages in the Americas, and elsewhere. What are the purposes of each tone? I'm, again, I'm trying to wrap my head around how are there different numbers of tones in different dialects. Can you try to explain that? That's okay, so let's do this. I'm I'm gonna say it in many ways,、mm, with the same sentence. Have you got your breakfast? 你吃早饭了吗 This just means 
have you got your breakfast? The next I'm gonna do So you could see at the final of the sentence, uh, I drop it down, which means in this tone, usually people feel angry or usually mean something else. It's like you are late for, for school or you are late for the job. So I doubt you, uh, you, you were doing something very badly. So now I want to talk about your life and what languages did you learn at different parts of your life? all the way up to the present day. Obviously, you're fluent in English, so try to include that in your timeline. So first, yes, from my timeline, my childhood was without television. Uh, the only type of language we could use back to family time, it was the local dialect. Then after that, we uh, learned how to talk Mandarin at school. That was type of like formal teaching in, in Mandarin in China. And we got textbooks, we, we got the videos, we, we got tabs. Back to that time, uh, I was always doubting like the, the pre-education in my family was kind of useless because my, my parents couldn't speak Mandarin well. The only person I could turn to back to my childhood was my grandmother from my father's side. And she was well educated with the very old version of Mandarin, not today's version. So today's version was kind of modified after the Chinese Civil War. The type of old version of Mandarin, which my grandma uh, learned about, was from her childhood, from Qing Dynasty. That, that was almost 100 years ago. I learned Mandarin from my grandma first, then I went to school. My classmates and my elementary school teacher always laughed at me because some of my tones were actually not right from today's people thinking. They, they all thought that I didn't learn well, but I explained all the time, I learned the old version. They didn't buy in because they, they have no idea. They, they had no idea what the old Mandarin sounds like. Then they, they, they always blamed me like, Clark, hey, why? Everyone could just uh, get 100 on the score, but you, you could always get 80. So there, obviously 20% of the pronunciation was different. And I, I didn't even know uh, how to correct my pronunciation because I, I, I had been used, using that for almost uh, five years since the first day my, my grandma told me how to speak that. Then it was pretty tough. I, I shifted my tone in Chinese Mandarin for almost three years to fit in that class or the rest of people just uh, thought I, I was a widow. Yeah, after that, everything was easier. And what about English? Uh, the English, I, I learned English in elementary school as well. It was grade six. So it's like the final year of the elementary school teaching. And back to that time, I guess, yeah, it was kind of, the influence of the Cold War was still there and the, the relationship between perhaps the US and China, where it was not so well back to the old time, then the Chinese people prefer to learn English from Hong Kong, which means the English English. Yeah, so back to that time, the pronunciation was kind of the British English, and uh, we didn't change that until I got high school. Yes, uh, back to my college time in China, it was like the Beijing Olympic Games time. We, we adopted American English teaching, uh, American English in university English teaching. Before that, it was all British. No, I, I, I come to America in 2015, so that time was a little bit tough for me to shift some tones and word choices from using British English to use American English. 
Fact time. Simplified Chinese is primarily used in China now. Simplified Chinese is taught in Mandarin Chinese classes internationally as well. These characters are simpler. For instance, it has less pen strokes than traditional Chinese characters. Just looking at it side by side, you can see the stark differences between some of the characters. Simplified characters have existed for hundreds of years, but only became officially acceptable in formal writing after the founding of the People's Republic of China in an attempt to improve literacy among Chinese in China during the 1950s. The Ministry of Education in China claims that the overall literacy rate has gone from 20% in 1950 to more than 85% today. What do you see as the major differences between British English and American English? What aspects are easier? What aspects are more difficult? This is a hard one. Hmm. So in American English, usually people use the R sound. But in British, yeah, they, they just use very, very subtle R sound. Or it's not even sound like R. So would that make British pronunciation easier for you? Yes, easier for most of people uh -huh. in China or in Asia. From my understanding, the R sound is quite absent in Mandarin Chinese. Is that also true? Uh, we, we do have R sound in, in Chinese Mandarin, but usually that's at like the last of the word. Yes, or, or it's going to be at the, the, the last place of a sentence. So if you use the R sound like middle or somewhere, it's, if it's not at the, the last, it's going to be kind of hard for Chinese people. What do you find difficult about English in general, and what do you find easy about learning the language? In English, like you have to talk about where, when, who. Uh, if you don't speak that clearly, then people are going to be confused. However, in China, um, most people use very short sentences. Some sentences even are not related to each, not, not related to the current conversation, but they, they're going to read the whole paragraph to get understand what you are talking about. Because Chinese language is usually, uh, how we say that, high, high contact. Yeah, so it means you don't really mean what you are talking about. You, you let people to guess what you want to say. And in, in English, it's like you have to specifically talk about what you want, what you, this person needs. And uh, yes, for, for Chinese people, we, we sometimes don't like to use time or the places into a sentence because we think that's not the major deliverables we want to talk about. I've heard Chinese, Mandarin Chinese is a timeless language, whereas English, we have our tenses. A lot of, there are other languages that have tenses. In English, we have, I believe, 12 that, or 13. That's what I teach in my classes. But if you compare it to Chinese, you don't necessarily have the tenses. You have to give more context in the sentence so that we understand what time you're talking about. Yes, yes, exactly. Like for the verbs, we don't uh, change the verbs due to the the time, and we we use the same word ta to describe she, and also same time describe her hmm. and describe it if it's an animal. So did you find do you find that difficult when you're learning these aspects of English? Yeah, early on when I was in middle school, yeah, it was pretty hard because everybody ma makes mistakes, and especially I guess Chinese people may make all the mistakes when when they are trying to say who is actually doing what because it's always about ta. They could use ta for everyone. <laughs> it's it's just funny. Can you speak a little bit more about what you mean by high contact language? Okay, so by high contact language, we are gonna talk in the way that only the people who are educated or only the people who grew up with the same stuff, very similar uh, family history. So it's like you could use something else 
to refer what you want to say in today's Mandarin. Like you give a very short phrase instead of using a long paragraph, as you know that the person you want to talk to knows that as well because you you have something in common. Yeah, that that's mostly what we use. Why we describe Chinese Mandarin as high contact today. Do you find that the conventions in English that you need, the words to introduce or to conclude, is are those kind of extra? As a as a Chinese speaker, do you think that that's not necessary sometimes? A lot of what English, you know, we're very linear. You know, we're A B C D E F G. We have to follow a pattern. Whereas in Chinese, maybe you say even less than what's needed because it's high contact. Do you find that the conventions that you have to use in English are extra? Well, if I talk to an English speaker, yes, I will use the English way to talk. If I talk to Chinese people, there's no way that I will use the English way. Like I talk about everything in detail, then yeah, they are gonna think this guy is crazy. Why? Why is she? Why is he talking about that much? It's impossible. Or they they are gonna just assume I'm I'm not educated well.、Huh. As yes, people yeah, today is、uh, rich families in China or the high class, high middle class. They they are all busy, so they have very less time to talk. They'd rather to use very short sentences or very short phrases to make the conversation as accurate as possible. So they just、uh, skip a lot of basic stuff. Yeah, perhaps people think that that's not respectful as they speak in the way they like, not not the way. The rest of people like. Before you had talked about the civil war in China, and that was the Qing Dynasty.、Mm, it was so. Today's Chinese,、uh, today's China. The, the name of China is People's Republic of China, and before、mm-hmm. that, it was Republic of China. So then they they <laughs> they got civil war and、uh, took loose for people fought, and、uh, the Republic of China went to Taiwan. So my question is, what happened during the civil war in China, and What were the language implications? What changed with the language after that? You had mentioned something about how the government introduced the new language. So, can you kind of give us the history of what happened? What happened afterwards? Yes,、yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. As I I didn't got that until I got America. Until I talked to some of the Taiwanese students, as we all speak Mandarin, and、uh, they are very little different. I feel they are not talking、uh, using within the the same type of Mandarin my grandma used to use. I also did some research. It was like before the World War Two, just one type of Mandarin, and that that was the older version. Then after the World War Two, China got a civil war. So they they were two major groups. One was the nationalism, I guess. The second one was communism. Then the nationalism part got Taiwan. They kind of defeated by the the Chinese Communist Party. Because after that, two regions all declared that they were the the real China, and on the name of the 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 name of country, there was China on each side. So yes, I I think it was a time that they want to make a difference. So like you have your language, I have my language. Then they they changed the the, the name of Mandarin. Today's Chinese people call it Putonghua. In English, it's gonna be like normal language or basic language. And in Taiwan, they call Mandarin. Guoyu, which means national language. So they changed the name. They made some of the tones a little bit different. If you compare that to the old version, my grandma speak. It was kind childish. Yeah, they they just want to show people they are different. They even though the language is actually the same. Taiwanese. Yeah, Taiwanese. They they did that 
Chinese also did that. Yeah, both sides they they changed it a little bit. So talking about the Taiwanese language, how much of that language can you understand? Can you speak it? Can you write it? Yeah, I could mimic. I I, I could do that. I I could do the、uh, accent as their accent is very similar to one province next to Taiwan from China. Chinese、uh, mainland side, and that province is next to the province I grew up. So I, I know how to say that. It's just、uh, compared to today's Mandarin we use in China, the Mandarin in Taiwan would sounds smarter, or let's say it's it's faster. It's kind of southern sound, but we still could mimic that as it's not a big deal for a southern guy. Fact time: Chinese is written with characters that represent both sound and meaning. Words in Chinese can be made up of more than one syllable, and each syllable is represented by a single character. Mandarin contains about 1,700 syllables. Compare that to English, which has over 8,000, and some put that number over 10,000. Yet Mandarin Chinese has tens of thousands of characters. As a result, there are multiple characters for each syllable, and each of these has a different meaning. Talking about the Japanese language, you told me before this interview that you also could understand some of their characters. Tell me about that. Yeah, because Japanese people they they didn't have their own characters until they、uh, realized that they could actually borrow words. They could borrow characters from old China. That was perhaps back to a thousand years ago. So they had dialect already. They were missing characters. So they just got that from China and、uh, they changed it a little bit. Because the the ancient Chinese words were kind of difficult for people to understand, so they 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 made it easier for for them. They they didn't change that much. From today's Chinese view, we could still understand the characters, the Japanese characters, like more or less thirty percent to fifty percent. We、mm. couldn't speak Japanese, but we could just guess the meaning from the words. English to me is a very rapidly changing language. There are a lot of speakers of English that don't speak English as a native language, and that contributes to the speed of change. So, is Mandarin Chinese changing? Is Wu Chinese changing? Yeah, in in Mandarin Chi- Chinese, we used to use that as the Qing Dynasty or the late Qing Dynasty, where the Mandarin was used by most of Chinese people at that point. People greet each. They greeted each with with very weird way. Today we we just say ni hao.、Mm-hmm. It's, it's very easy, very short. Everybody understands that. What's the what's the easiest translation of ni hao? It could be anything. It could be anything. I it could be are you fine? Are you okay? It also could be, oh you look good. Oh、huh. I like you. Or oh, oh it's a nice day. It's it could be anything. It could be how are you? It could be anything. So we we just keep words short instead of saying a long sentence. We just keep it short. Make you guess what I want to say. It, it's it's not funny. It's just、uh, we we want. We wish you to think in positive way. We we want you to think. I'm saying ni hao, but the real thing I want to say is I wish you all the best.、Mm-hmm. But some people also do that. Like your enemy,、uh, he probably gonna also say ni hao.、Mm-hmm. But in in that situation, you're gonna guess this guy is definitely not saying something good. His ni hao means something. He he want to kick my ass, perhaps. So in that situation, is it kind of a second meaning of ni hao? Yeah, I guess so. It's just a high contact. If somebody. Like my enemy told to me, like、uh, ni hao, then I guess he's gonna do something very badly, and、uh, he's he's trying to bully me at least at this point, or、mm. he he's actually thinking about it. Now I want to know what are your next steps in language? What's your next language that you want to learn? Why do you want to learn that language? 
Then my next language I want to learn about will be the language that bring me profit. I think based on what I introduced my uh, region in China, we are famous for doing international business. There are a lot of developing countries in the world and most of the developing countries are using the type of language Spanish and uh, they are developing and Yes, I, I think it's the type of opportunity I should get. I'll try to learn at least to reach the business level. Do you know any Spanish right now? I learned that a week. <laughs> I could say, ¿Cómo estás? Huh? Bien. Y, y tú, gracias. <laughs> Amigo, burrito taco. That's it. <laughs> burrito taco. Burrito taco. Sorry, burrito. I just emphasize the T. I don't <laughs> usually do that. Burrito taco. Those are so common. They're actually English words now. English absorbs thousands of words into its language probably every year. Just because there are so many people who use English from another language. So are there words that are borrowed from Chinese that go to English? What about the other way? Well, the other way in China, as most of the Western stuff was very new to us. So we, we adopt the original pronunciation. Then mm -hmm. yes, we, we made the words like here people use sofa. Then we, we say that safa. Then some of the English names, like uh, your name, Ken, mm -hmm. in, chi in Chinese, that's Ken. And Molly, that's exactly the same, Molly. I have noticed that Ken is a common name in Asian countries like China. Is that true? It could be a name. Yes. Or maybe maybe more, more so in Japan. So you're saying that Ken is transferable to Chinese as a word or as a name? As a name. Thank you so much for telling me your story. There's a lot to know about Chinese. I think we've just scratched the surface of language learning in China. It's a huge country and you speak a few of them, which is interesting to me. So thank you for kind of sharing the languages you speak, the differences between them, and also your experience with English. I really appreciate it. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to A Language Journey. My name is Ken Walker. I'd like to thank my guest, Clark Huang, for sharing his stories with us today. There are over 7,000 languages spoken all over the world. I hope you enjoyed this conversation about just a few of them. That's it for me. Be well.